freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to do you a minute. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. All right, final hour of this week for Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. We'll take your calls. We'll open phone lines at 930 as we do on Fridays. Uh, and right now, Stacy Ross You're joining welcome. us of the Bump and Stacy show. I love Bump. Bump does such a good job on that show. I mean, like, if you've listened to Bump at all, you know what a great job he does. And Stacy's there made as well. Fun of Mike Salk for disparaging poor G. Scott when he was on earlier, going, Oh my God, oh my God. John Curley, he's the best auctioneer I've ever heard in my life. It is like <laughs> watching a magician. Yeah. And it, it's just the most unreal thing you've ever seen. Uh, G's fine. Met a magician last night, as a matter of fact. Did you? Yeah, guy came over. Did like, you hey, ask re- him if magic is real? I did not, but oh, Kyle well. knew him. Kyle was like, oh, yeah, I've seen your show. Like, of course Kyle knew him. <laughs> Kyle was like, oh, I've seen your show a couple times. You're I tremendous. I'm Kyle a huge fan like, of yours. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, Kyle was really excited about the uh, about the magician that we met. So. Oh, that's really cool. All right, so Mariners start their series with Texas tonight. Yes. No such thing as a must-win series in June, obviously, but this is sort of an opportunity. You win two out of three in Texas, cut that lead by another game, right? If you could sweep them, you cut it by three games Mm -hmm. and really get yourself right into the thick of things. I I would say, and I'm kind of curious your take on this, that this next few weeks, call it the next month, assuming that you don't fall out of it, and I don't think the Mariners are likely to fall out of it, Mm -hmm. the difference between treading water like they've done right now, kind of where they're at, just sort of, you know, within striking distance, but not impressing anybody, and being right in the thick of it would be the difference for me if I was Jerry Depoto and Justin Hollander between really going for it at the trade deadline and trying to add significant pieces and kind of nibbling around the edges to see if I can just kind of... So you punt on the season if you don't become a little more punt. competitive? I don't punt because you're good enough to, to, to add. But I don't go all in trying to really, you know, mortgage much of my future of course. to get something great. But if the guys can prove to me that they're close... Yeah. Okay. So is now what it's you do in. instead, if you don't at the trade deadline mortgage your future, then hit free agency a little bit harder? No. I don't think that's the answer for the Mariners. What do you think is the answer for the Mariners? Because they need draft, one. Draft, develop, and trade. Develop and draft. Okay. Draft, develop, that. and trade. Let's like see I, what they I, can be in five years. Well, I don't think it's five years. I mean, they've got a lot if of guys coming. you're talking about drafting and developing, and trading, who do they have coming? And trading. Who do they have coming? Who do they have coming? Harry have you Ford? See- well, Harry Ford is their top prospect, okay, but they've got like four guys in double A that are ridiculous. They have like essentially another great double A pitching staff. And then what's his name? Cole Young, the second baseman shortstop who's kind of on the way. And they kind got of the, on the way. I mean, so you don't like their farm system? I'm I'm fine with the farm system, but what I hate is the idea of constantly moving the goalpost to say, you know what, now we're really looking at 2024. Now we're really I'm looking at 2025. I, didn't say I don't that. think that's what you're saying, but I think when you say, look, uh, hey, you being general you, when someone says, hey, the, the point of this team is they draft and develop. That's how they build. And trade. You and keep trade. leaving out the trade and part. And trade. But yeah, but don't you have to take numerous approaches to building a competitor and building a World Series team? And if you're going to look at the Astros and say, we want to do what they did, which was draft and develop and trade, well, how many top 
five picks did they have? Mm-hmm. I mean, they also got those picks and got these great assets by like losing a hundred plus seasons. Yeah. One thing not going the Mariners' way, and this is unfortunate, is not only were they not making the playoffs, they also weren't losing like a hundred. They plus didn't games. lose enough during exactly. the beginning. No, there's exactly. there's some there's some legitimacy to that. But I mean, I'm not saying in go those out and seasons spend, they I'm, ended up with George Kirby and Logan Gilbert and guys that and, are and very a great much pitching staff. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want a great pitching staff? I love having a great pitching staff. I think it's maybe the most important ingredient you can have if you're going to be a World Series team. I just really reject the idea that you can never turn to free agency to try to find an asset. And yeah, if you so, have had a plan fall through, which I think that this team has when it comes to drafting and developing hitters, then why would you not look for another solution? It doesn't have to be signing a big-name free agent. It could be trading. It could be trading. Well, and I think they've tried that. I mean, they, they tried to trade for Teoscar Hernandez, so who was the do? most, literally the highest arbitration case of all time. I mean, they've gone in that direction. Guys, come here and hasn't done anything. I, I, I think the unfortunate situation the Mariners are in, and a lot of a lot of business, not just baseball, but business and baseball in particular, is about trying to maximize your strengths. Earnings. and li- <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. And limit your weaknesses. Sure. And I, I think the Mariners have a significant challenge. Free agent hitters generally do not want to come here. So then do they, you overpay them? They don't even want to come here. How I mean, when overpaid. Kind of, I've got some pretty good information on it. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say zero, but it is significantly harder for the Mariners to get hitters here than for other teams so to do so. So then what do you so. do? You draft, develop, and trade. You, so you what do you sample do when your drafted goods. pieces don't work out? What do you do when Kyle Lewis doesn't work out? With Wait, what do you em, do when a free White agent doesn't, doesn't work, out? work out? The same thing. You you try to figure it out another but, way. Salk, you have to admit that there has been a gap when it comes to the hitters. It's not just that a couple uh, free uh, agents have, or it's not just that a couple guys haven't worked out. It's that you've got a little bit of a gap right now when it comes to offense. You do. There's no doubt. They and and I think most of it is because of the guys that were already here. If Eugenio Suarez was hitting the way he was last year, if Teoscar Hernandez was hitting the way he was last year, if Cal Raleigh was hitting the way he was last year, if Julio had been hitting the way he was last year, if Ty France was hitting the way he was at the beginning of last year, you would not say that you had a gap in offense. You'd say, wow, this is an unbelievable baseball team. They've got a top 10 offense and a top five pitching. I mean, sure. I mean, like, but if were they supposed to not bet on a Eugenio Suarez coming out of last year? That's absolutely year? not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is you also entered the season with Lestella as your starting DH. That was not the goal. I mean, that happened because dudes got hurt. But that's how you started hurt. the season. Yeah. I mean, but Tommy it, it wasn't, wasn't the really goal, but it was an team. outcome of a calculated, uh, of a decision that you made about how you wanted to use your DH spot. Right. Okay. So I'm saying, like, if you would have gone out to get, like, a J.D. Martinez type. And J.D. Martinez would have looked at you and laughed at the idea of trying to come to here for a year rather than L.A. You think so? Yes. What if you pay him more? He still would have said no. So J.D. So, Martinez so looking I, for. This is, this is where I get stuck, though, Mike. Am I then supposed to say, well, no one wants to come to Seattle, so I guess I'll settle for, uh, like, C-list guys. Or I no, guess I'll settle for drafting and development. Then what supp- do you do? You, you draft, develop, and trade. You say, okay, if, I, if I've offered... Trevor Story, more money, and he says, no, I won't come there. I don't want to go there. I'm being offered less money in Boston. I'd rather go there. You say, okay, this is not an approach that regularly works for us. By the way, when you get it wrong, as the Padres have, as the Phillies have. Or you get it right as the Rangers have. As the have. Mets have. The Rangers were awful last year, and we'll see how right it is when it's all said and done. Do you know how right it is? They're leading the league in run differential. In what month is it? June. You think that it's too early to say the Rangers are good? Oh, I don't think the Rangers are that good. You I think, think the, the Rangers, Rangers are, are that not good. You think be... this is flukish? 
I think the Rangers are better, obviously, than they were last year. If the Mariners were leading Jeff the league Passan in run already tried to convince him, Stacey, it's useless. I think that you're convincing yourself <laughs> is what you're doing, that the Rangers aren't I, real and I, that the Mariners still have time to essentially be the Rangers. And I think if the Mariners were doing what the Rangers were, you would be saying this looks like they could be a World Series I team. I think last year the Rangers were terrible and everyone looked at it and, and, and said, well, you spent all this money and you were terrible. This year they are you're definitely better. You're only finding better. examples of teams that have spent and have failed. Okay. Or have spent and have struggled. Yes. Yeah, but the Rangers are succeeding this year. But these are the year, teams so that everybody that told me off season the Mariners needed to be like. Why aren't you like the Phillies? Well, the Phillies are terrible. Why aren't you like the Padres? The Padres are a disaster. The Phillies and the have problem also is, like, been able to make it to a World Series, been able to make it to the, the Phillies an sort of like struggled and then ended up falling into a World Series so last year. So don't you want to see a team try? Yeah, but I think they are trying. They're just not trying the way you want them to. That's not true. I think that, well, actually it is. I think that they are <laughs> trying. I think that, and, and here's the thing. I get so many people complaining when when we're on air. Stacy, you're so negative. Oh, my God. Stacy, they have a great team. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm saying that multiple things are true. This is, this is the most excited I've been about a Mariners team in my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. The most excited I've been about a Mariners team. This is some of the most fun I've had watching games. Last season was the most fun I've ever had as a as a Mariners fan because I was a little too young and, and not as into sports in, mm-hmm. in the 90s, in the early 90s. Okay. So that, that doesn't mean that's not true. Like, I'm very excited with what they've been able to do. I would just, I just also have a frustration and a, a hurt that is unique to people that have grown up here. Mm-hmm. I've spent 20, I spent the 21 years watching this team, not in the playoffs. So that's what I'm, all I'm saying is that there is a unique, a a frustration and kind of like a pain that is unique to Mariners fans that when people say, I just want this team to do more, it's because you're the only club that hasn't been in a world series. Mm -hmm. And I think that when people hear stuff like, well, draft and develop and you'll get there eventually, there is a very understandable lack of faith people have. And it's not necessarily Jerry DePoto's fault. It's not anyone else's fault. It's just the way that it is because you've watched multiple iterations of this team. Jerry DePoto hasn't been overseeing this for 20 years. Jerry DePoto didn't even get the entirety of his tenure to start the rebuild. He had to wait until he was a couple years in. Mm-hmm. I recognize that. Fans are smart. This fan base is smart. They recognize that. This fan base is also frustrated and, and is also incredibly loyal and has been going to these games. And I think what people are afraid of is seeing this organization and this franchise do what it's always done, which is tease an appearance, tease two or three appearances, and then disappear altogether from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This has been a team that's been in the postseason, what, five times? Like, that's important history that you can't ignore. So when you talk about team building, there's this abstract way we talk about team building where we say, look, you got to be a World Series, you got to have great pitching. Check. Thank God. Great. One of the hardest things to found, and they have it in spades. Right. Uh, You want to draft and develop because that's the way that really successful teams like the Braves and the Astros have done it. I'd rather be the Braves and the Astros than be the Padres for sure. Check. There's this logical part of you that knows that. But then there's this emotional part of you that just wants to see them win. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that I think when I talk to you about it and and maybe when some fans talk to you and, and you're trying to reason with us, sometimes you can't reason with that kind of pain. Well, that's fine, but I'll take being reasonable over being emotional in this case because ultimately... Baseball's emotional. Sure, but ultimately being a general manager, building a team, building a roster, 
is much more. And Jerry's talked to us about this. He's got to keep his head above that and think of about the, the the hard facts of it. But I'm not a general manager. I got to okay. be a fan. Well, I'm I get not mad say, at you for feeling that yeah. way. But I, I I I think where it gets challenging for me is the criticism of saying, well, why didn't they do this, that, and the other? But because but but I think because when you they look at the offense, think that way. but when you look at the offense, I think it is completely fair to say, why didn't they add another bat? Mm-hmm. It is, and they know that. They should have added another bat. Yeah. Nobody doesn't think they should have added one more bat. Totally agree. They should have added one more bat. Yeah. And what do you think the difference would be if they had? If they had? I mean, I think they'd be marginally better and would still need improvement from within. I think they would be almost exactly the same. Yeah, they they would be very marginally better. Maybe they'd be one or two more wins. But I don't think that they would be like eight games over 500 because they think, added one more bat. I don't think, the guys they have haven't hit. No, I know. And like, I, don't think anyone, do? I don't think anyone's looking at the squad going, hey, the real problem with this team is Sam Haggerty. <laughs> I don't think anyone's saying that. But I do think that you look at the production from second base and DH and go even marginal would improvements be, would help. Would be, absolutely because you also would have help. faith that Julio is going to improve. And instead and of being been. two games over 500, they'd be three games over 500. Because if Eugenio Suarez and Julio Rodriguez, if those guys don't hit... You're not going to be very good. Like I, those guys have to hit. That's what you built your team on. I wish we would and if have they don't hit, they don't get to win. Vanderpump rules because I feel like we wouldn't be fighting. Like I know. This. Well, I was surprised by the fighting <laughs> as well. Anyway, that, I think there was some leftover re- residual bitterness for you after being compared to Tom. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Sandoval. Sandoval. Yeah, I can send some is, of the anger. You, you prompted people to make photoshops of me in a mustache. I know. I still had great bone structure. And haunting my dreams. <laughs> yeah. It's a little like Chris Bryant, too. Does it make you want to maybe grow a mustache? A little bit. Have you thought about that? Now it's kind of a thing. I've been trying all really? week. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm making progress, but I am trying my best. All right. Well, I love Michael Bumpus, and uh, you can catch his show with, uh, what's her? Oh, Stacy is Stacey. with her him, uh, at uh, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, I yeah. think, is when uh, when they start. Stacy's fine. Bump's very, very good. And uh, you can hear that kind of passion come through between uh, 10 and 2 every single day. Thanks, Stacy. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back with everything you need to know, and then uh, we'll take some of your phone calls. Coming up, it's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Sorry, Stacy and I are still arguing all throughout the break and uh, enjoying every moment of it. Great to have her on. And seriously, uh, listen to Bump and Stacy at 10 o'clock. Uh, Mariners, that's what we were talking about. They start huge road trip. You got to go to Texas, San Diego, and Anaheim. So you get a couple of division opponents in here. Beating Texas would be obviously incredibly important. And the more you win, the more I think you're in position to add heading uh, into the trade deadline. John Morosi joining uh, Wyman and Bob yesterday after hearing Jerry DePoto say they'd be looking for perhaps players that haven't been talked about as much who would be on multi-year kind of situations. Had a suggestion from Cincinnati. And one name, and this is, I'm kind of, kind of putting two and two together here without having exactly uh, divined what Jerry's looking at, but I think one name to keep in mind is Jonathan India with Cincinnati because they, they've got a couple of young infielders who are making an impact right now, and Jonathan India was you know rookie of the year type player in, in 2021, and, and that's the kind of a move that would fit that description as I'm putting two and two together here. Okay, a guy that you wouldn't expect to be available at a position of need for the Mariners, a good bat-to-ball guy. I, I think... Jonathan India in the right deal 
would make a ton of sense. And kudos to Curtis Rogers for pointing out that if they were to get him, the right side of their infield would have two guys with the last name of a country. The idea of a France and India combination on the right side of the infield is just too great. Here's the second thing you need to know. Seahawks out of practice yesterday. Good stuff. Geno Smith, I thought really, again, looking like he is the number one quarterback. I know that's obvious, but when you see how much faster the ball comes out with him and then how things kind of drag when Drew Locke comes in, the difference is fairly stark. As for Pete Carroll, he had a message to everybody about what he wants to see and make sure of between now and camp. Yeah, I don't know if I'm looking for a jump. I hope everybody gets back. You know, we all get back and, and you know, we're hoping that They'll be able to find a really good rhythm and routine for their workout so that the conditioning is not an issue. It's not like they'll be out of shape, but will they be in shape enough to handle the workload so that they can stay healthy? That's really that's really the concern. Um, yeah, Pete, if you remember last year, didn't like some of those soft tissue issues. Had a couple things to say of a few of the rookies, and I'm sure uh, the same thing will be true this year as well. Here's the third thing you need to know. Finishing up uh, with a little crack, and we had a great conversation yesterday with Ron Francis, their GM, who just got a new three-year deal. And he was pretty, uh, I don't know, said the power play could use some superstar help, said that they could certainly use a star player in order to go from good to great. So uh, I play the sound. I've done it a few times today. But if you missed any of it, head over to seattlesports.com, and you can hear the whole interview with Ron Francis. That's everything you need to know and we do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show all right I uh, said we would open up the phone line certainly we've had some passion in the last uh, half hour or so Stacy bringing the heat uh, so if you want to talk Mariners and where they're at and what you heard from Jerry yesterday heading into the trade deadline now a couple of months away 866-979-3776 if you want to talk about what we're seeing out at uh, Seahawks camp which we were out again yesterday and Gino and some of the uh, young players I am a little concerned about how many rookies are potentially going to have to play a major role on this team. Yep, we have uh, open phone lines for that as well. 866-979-3776. If you want to talk Kraken, after hearing Ron Francis yesterday, tell us that, yeah, superstar player would absolutely help the power play and might be something that they could be in the market for this offseason. Who would you like? Uh, if you're a big hockey fan, we'll take those as well. 866-979-3776. Kraken, Mariners, Seahawks, anything else going on in the world you want to jump in on? We'll take whatever you got. We'll do it next. I'm Brock and Salk. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. I think I told you I was playing golf last Friday. I ended up playing with a guy named Tom who listened to the show. And I was like, hey, you mind if I put on some music? He's like, yeah, sounds good. And I threw on a little fella cootie. And he was like, this is not what I was expecting. Because he's a 7 a.m. listener. He doesn't listen as much in the say, later so part of the not show. not a big fan. Well, I was like, well, it's fella Friday, man. I mean, like, this is what we do. 9.30 on a Friday. Kind of get into the mood. And he liked it. Cootie. Yeah, he was, thought it was great. Okay, yeah, he's like, I didn't know you liked African jazz. I'm like, well, it's fellow Cootie. What can well, I tell African you? African jazz and Indian spa music. Right, yes. Kind of that that great lately. Indian lounge chill. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at these days. All right, let's see. Open phone lines. I see a lot of Mariner calls, probably not surprisingly, after Stacy uh, fired the people up. 866-979-3776. Heston will get us started today in Yakima. What's going on, Heston? Good morning. Hey, this is the first time I called in. I was kind of caught off guard when I actually went came through. <laughs> awesome. Um, but um, the Mariners, I guess I kind of disagree with what Stacey was saying because 
I thought the Mariners did a little. I mean, they could have added one more bat, but we addressed in the outfield and got Tay Oscar. And, well, at second base, we thought we were going to be good. So we really could have only done something at DH. Mm-hmm. But but uh, who knows who was really available. So I don't know. I just I thought we did okay in the offseason, and maybe we'll just kind of wait until the trade deadline, and maybe we can get that one more bat. But maybe they've already been keeping an eye on ever since the offseason. Yeah, I, I appreciate the phone call, Hassan, and thanks for uh, thanks for uh, being brave and calling for the first time. And if you ever want to do it again, we'll uh, we'll have a line for you, man. We appreciate it. Um, look, Stacy makes good points. I mean, like she's not wrong. I mean, we're arguing and we have somewhat of a disagreement here, but I, mean, I don't think she's wrong. I don't I don't think it's wrong to to have a passion and a feeling that the Mariners should do more. And I think we all agree that they're a bat short. I mean, Jerry has said they're a bat short. Scott said they're a bat. I mean, they kind of know that. I'm not entirely sure how that ended up happening. I don't know that it's just as easy as just sort of waving the magic wand and you get another player. I don't know that it worked out that way. But more importantly, I, I think what Heston says there is correct. If if what they had done in right field and second base had worked better, I don't know that we'd be saying it the same way. Now, that's on Jerry, too. Right. I mean, it's on the it's on the general manager to acquire the right players. And if ultimately Colton Wong and Teoscar Hernandez are not the right players, that will reflect on the GM and the decisions he made. It certainly wasn't lack of money there. I mean, they spent between those guys almost, what, twenty five, thirty million dollars. They spent money, but the guys haven't performed. And that, to me, is is the significant issue. 866-979-3776. Let me go to Mike in Spokane. What's going on, Mike? Good morning. Hey, good morning. Yeah, I think I was leaning a little more towards Stacey. Um, you know, obviously the running's on the wall. Every, every, just about every team in the MLB East is better. Uh, in, in our own division, we're sitting fourth. Um, now I'm hoping we can make a run and make the playoffs, but if we don't, why not use every every opportunity under his fold to get better? Um, you know, if Otani's out there, mm. we can use the Ichiro connection to get him. Yep. I say swing for the fences and, and try to try to make the team better in every single way. I mean, you don't have to throw out the draft developed trade, but doesn't mean you can't use everything at your expo- uh, disposal. Yep to find a way to get better. Yeah, so again, I'm not against the idea of free agents, and I hope nobody hears me say that. Yes, I think that is a worthwhile way to continue to add to your team. I don't know that it's the best way to build a team, but absolutely it is an important piece of trying to add to a team. As for the Mariners, I do think it's a challenge for them to get hitters to come here. On the other hand, you've seen pitchers maybe a lot more willing. Luis Castillo signed a big deal once he got here. Robbie Ray. One of the biggest signings of last offseason. So it's not like impossible. I think that with in the case of, of Shohei Otani, you're looking at both, right? He'd be signing here both as a pitcher and a hitter. So maybe that takes some of the ballpark factor out of it because whatever he loses on one side, he ends up gaining on the other. The, the thing with Otani is he's such a mystery. What does he want? What's important to him, right? The last time he ended up going to a huge market – and to play with Mike Trout, and it has not worked at all. So if you're Otani, what's your next move? You're just trying to go win? Well, if you're trying to go win, either he moves across the street to the Dodgers, or he goes to New York and says, I want to go play in the, you know, one of those two cities. Right? I mean, sure. like if, if that's what's now the most important thing to him, I would think 
it's Yankees, Mets, Dodgers that are far and away, you know, the most important. Does he want to stay in California? Well, the Giants have a lot of money that they didn't spend on on Trout or on, uh, on Judge that they may be able to use. The Mariners were, by all accounts, one of the finalists from for Shohei Otani the last time. And my guess is they will make a significant and legitimate run at trying to get him. I don't think they go half-hearted. I don't think they give it a, hey, we tried, but oh well. I don't think they do that. I think they make a legitimate run and maybe offer as much, if not more, than anybody else is offering. I don't know what's in his heart. I don't know what he wants. I don't know if he wants to come to Seattle. I don't know. I mean, the Ichiro connection wasn't enough the last time. Would it be enough this time? I don't know. I mean, Seattle has a Japanese connection for a long time. I don't know if that's important to him or not. Right? The last time he chose Anaheim. And for the the amount of grief that you give Anaheim, it's like, well, I would love to see that that <sighs> pitch because how, is, how did that work? It worked for like, whatever reason. I mean, you, you know what? I don't want yeah, to get involved in that, that. But I would say that, yes, I think they will make a legitimate. I think they will. And if they do. I have no idea if it works because I just don't know what's important to him. 866-979-3776. Steve's in Seattle. What's going on, Steve? Good morning. Hey, good morning, Mike. I'm a a listener to your program, and I really enjoy you guys. I've got a comment. I didn't hear Stacy's comments, but um, a few weeks ago, somebody called in and comparing the Seahawk brass to the Mariner brass Mm -hmm. and how the Seahawks just knew how to do it whatever it is. Um, we don't need a patchwork in the Mariners. We don't need someone to fill in here or a rent a player. We need a plan. We've got good hitters, Mike, that aren't hitting. Mm-hmm. There's something with that. We've got a good hitting team, right. but they're not doing it. And I don't get it. We've talked about that in May. We talked about it in June. We're going to talk about it in July and August. <laughs> uh, there's something with that. What do you think? Well, what do you think? I mean, why do you think that's happening? I think it's uh, some type of mental issue that's going on in the front office. I think there's some type of um, uh, unsaid um, uh, something coming down the pike that just puts people here in a funk. Mm, I mean, I I, I don't know whether that I don't know what to make of that, Steve. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong because I clearly you've got a group of people that are not hitting as they have in the past right now. I don't know what the reason for that is. You know, we hear about hitting coaches and whether or not maybe, but then you hear from Jerry DePoto and and this is right that that's just not the way the the world works in Major League Baseball right now. And I think the Mariners are taking the right approach there in working with all of those individual hitting coaches and trying to have a a little bit more, uh, you know, syncopation there. I, I don't know why it's not working right now. I don't know if it's bad luck. I don't know if they chose the wrong groceries. I don't know if, as you said, there's some sort of a just a weird, you know, something that's filtering down. But nothing would help this team more than a few of those guys just waking up and doing what they've done over the course of their career. 866-979-3776 as we are just talking through here. Whatever you guys want, open phone lines every Friday at 9.30. Let me go to Jonathan, who's in Arizona. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning. How are you guys? So good. Good. So I have a question for you. Yeah. If Gino was in Russell's spot in 2012, does he succeed as much as Russell did? Hmm. 
good question. Why, you know, so if he had been that age and everything else, if he had been a rookie in 2012, no, he does not. Geno Smith, the rookie in 2012, was probably not mature enough to handle that. Now, okay. Geno Smith, the veteran, if he could go back to 2012 with that defense and everything else, yeah, maybe. I mean, why wouldn't he be successful? He was successful last year with a whole lot less. Great. All right. Appreciate the call. I, I mean, thought maybe you might have a, a thought on it as well, but apparently uh, that was. Yeah, that, I have some okay. for the the Mariners. Maybe they're this is the first year they've had expectations, actually legitimate expectations to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Do you think the hitters feel that? Yes. I think that's a great point. Yes, absolutely. I do, Jonathan. I think that is absolutely part of it. I think they are feeling the expectations. You got to figure that out. Because they're not going to go away, guys. Like, that that's part of the gig. 866-979-3776. Uh, Josh, been hanging on University Place. What's up, Josh? Hey, what's up, what's up guys? How's it going? Good. Hey, so wanted to uh, make a comment on Jerry DePoto's comments about Ron Francis. I mm. think it speaks to his philosophy. Uh, basically, I, you know, if I'm getting it right, he basically said, you know, Ron Francis stuck to his principles and didn't go all in when the Kraken weren't really ready for them to go all in. Yep. Um, and to this point, I mean, he almost went there with the skew, but I feel, still don't feel like that was an all-in move. Yep. So I think he's, he's afraid of it turning into San Diego, turning into Philly, and getting these big guys that don't turn out to anything. So I think we're still kind of waiting for that big, big move that's going to come, um, you know, whether that's a, a trade at the deadline or another middle infielder or maybe it's Otani or whatever, that's what I think they're waiting on, just that that tipping point to yeah. get the right guy in. I think that's going to frustrate some folks, but I don't know that you're right or wrong, Josh. I don't know the answer to that. I think it's an interesting theory. I think what you're saying is that 2023 might not actually be their prime year, that while they're in the window, it's not fully developed yet. And I don't know whether you're right or not. I think they have built this thing to be sustainable. I think if that's the case, you probably shouldn't have put so much expectation onto this year. You probably shouldn't have said, okay, we're World Series contenders, etc. I think that was probably a mistake if that's truly what was going on. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't nor, know that that's the case. I don't. I, I don't know this, that I can feel that. Nor and I having this conversation during the your conversation with Stacy about the the feeling of uh, the expectation and the weight of it mm-hmm. had it came along with you were betting on best case scenarios on a lot of these guys. Like yes, you want them to hit their bat your the back of their batting card eventually here too. But we knew that the Suarez year was a bit of an outlier last year. We knew that Cal Raleigh maybe played a little bit ahead of where he could be development wise. We knew that Julio had to come out and be Julio. And to me, I love Ty, but he can be great at times, and then he disappears, Second and that's half, been pretty it? consistent. That's funny. Hurt. I I, I kind of disagree with those. I, I I would say that Suarez has always hit for home for power. For power, sure. Right? I mean, the, yeah, the average was better him, last year. They wanted year. Winker. He was like a, eh, we'll see. But that was because of the defense. That's why they were done with him. I mean, Suarez has always hit for power. He's always and had he's, stretches. And he's not doing that this year. He was like the, the number one home run guy over the previous five years. No, I know that. But in between, like, there was a lot of I mean, just go look nothing. at the power numbers. Like, the power numbers have not been the way they've been shut down this year. In terms of Ty France... He's definitely been bad when he's been hurt, and he's always been good when he's not. In terms of Julio, I think it was a reasonable projection. In terms of Cal Raleigh, like, 
He he is early in his development for a switch hitting catcher, but he's 26, 27. Okay, never mind. Like I, I just mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I just disagree. I don't think that was all best just case don't scenario. Don't think you had a lot of shore locks. Like we know that these guys are gonna rake. I know not the shore locks out there like Trey Turner or some of those guys. Eight six six. Oh, you know what? We're done. So we're out of time. We don't have any more time for these calls. Oh my god, these are great. Nice job, everybody. I'm sorry, Jeremy and Titus and Thomas and Zach and everybody else who's been hanging on. But uh, that's all the time, all the phone calls we got time for. I love doing that. Thank you for that, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Right now, let's finish off the week with some ranking. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. All right, this is a big road trip, of course, that the Mariners are setting off on. Huge one. In Texas tonight. What, 5 o'clock start? 5, yeah. 5 o'clock start in Texas. Luis Castillo. afternoon game tomorrow. Is that right? I think a 1 p.m. I think so, yeah. I think they actually play a Saturday day game. But, uh, yeah, afternoon, uh, 5 o'clock start tonight for this road trip. And while we've definitely ranked roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. A lot of of really good roads. We could do that again someday if you want. We might have to. (laughs) Uh, We've not ranked trips, which seems sort of surprising. Have we not ranked trips? Seems like that's something we should have done. It's offensive. You know, like. random word. <laughs> now I just want to go back to Rhodes. Yeah. You know, like Triple H. Time to play the game. <laughs> Is that the best wrestling intro song? Yes. Best, best wrestling intro, period? I'm just partial, I think, to Bret Hart. Okay. Because that was my childhood. Yeah. I love that. I love I the Triple H. I love it. I mean, The Rock obviously was great when he would come in, and Stone Cold's great with the glass breaking and all that. But I was I, not a Rock guy. I did not like him. I didn't buy the shtick. You didn't like The Rock? I didn't. Oh, really? Oh, The Rock like is it. fun. The oh. Rock got me back. The Rock and Triple H got me back into wrestling after years away. I really enjoyed that that era. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. You've got uh, oh triptychs. You remember what a triptych was? Kind of, that sounds familiar. Right so this now. was before you had Google Maps and MapQuest or whatever else came before it. You'd go to AAA and say, "All right, I'm driving from here to yes. Idaho. Yes, get me a route." And they would like highlight the whole you know where you go and give you all the hotels on the way and things to see. Trip-tick. It's called a triptych. Well, you just said AAA, so AAA then. AAA, you could throw that on there. Trips formation, trips right, trips left. Triple A, tri- Triple H, and one of you, my favorites, Triple D. What's Diners, tri- driving to dives. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do people actually call that Triple D? He calls it Triple D. Oh, he does? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Because it's hard to say. Diners, driving to dives, over and over. You got me tripping, stumbling, Fergie? Right? Yes, Fergie. That is a... Sounds like 2002. Mora remembered that one, of course. Nice job, Mora. <laughs> Thank you. Always, always participating with us. Mora, I think, got this one too. That's De La Soul. Mora's, by the way, been participating more and more in ranked recently. No. I'm not saying she's starting to like it. It's a love hate, but I'm saying she's definitely participating a little I have bit to more. Sit here for 20 minutes while you guys just go. What about this one? What about this one? What about so? Sometimes it just seems easier to throw some out and hope you're almost done. Did you post the thing? You <laughs> filmed of us doing yesterday? Yeah. 
No, I, saw I, you I filming didn't. Us. I have a video. We had lots of good sweet stuff yesterday. <laughs> it was, it was I have a video of the making of Rank. What was that MTV show they used to do? Yeah, like, behind the music. Behind yeah. The, in yeah. Making the video. <laughs> making of Ranked. Uh, here's Tripping Daisy. You remember this one hit wonder. Trippin' Daisy, I got a girl. That's a good one. Alex and Monroe, how about tryptophan? <laughs> yes. Solid. I didn't think about that. That is solid. I'll play you a moment of Dave Matthews, Bam. This is all I got. And I'm done. That's all I got. Good and I feel that. bad. He's like my neighbor. That's he lives one we in my can all agree on. I just, I can't get into I the music. I can't either. And he's probably the coolest guy. The, 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 I would probably love him as a person. I'd Seriously. I love everybody in the band as a person. I'm sure he's a great dude. They are vibrating on different frequencies for me. Totally agree. Craig in Spokane says he has seven-year-old triplets. <laughs> That's too many. Oh, uh, You got Mike Triplett, who was, uh, what, a center or something in the NFL? And then Jeff Triplett, who was the um, uh, ref, right? The uh, ref in the NFL? I believe you on that. Yes. Those names sound familiar, and I can't place them at all. He was the one who was always like, ah. He was always seemed bothered by whatever. Holding. <laughs> on the defense, like, whatever, get away from me. Triple X root beer in Issaquah. Great call, Big mm. John and Ballard. Now, tripping. Good car shows out there. Tripping as a penalty. Great in hockey, where the sign is like, you know, they kind of smash their uh, arm down by their by yeah. their lower leg. Terrible in football, where the referee curtsies. I don't can't say I remember that either. That, it's not called very often, but when That's they why. call tripping, he does this like weird curtsy thing. Yeah. Bring the know. NHL sign. Yeah, they should. Yeah, you got DJ Z Trip. You yeah, that one, right, Justin? The DJ Z Trip. I mean, I didn't put any music in there for it because it all sounds the same. Girls Trip. The movie. Euro Trip. Another movie. Did you like that one? Yeah, I like, I like Euro Trip. Okay. Scotty tougher, doesn't know. Tougher time with that right? one than I did on regular. Oh, one. Scotty doesn't know. That's a good movie. That's funny. I like that movie. Uh, Darren definitely wants us to get Long Strange course, Trip. The, the Grateful Dead. Dead. He came yeah. in with a Grateful Dead shirt today. He did? Yes. He's a big dead guy. I'm not. Of course, you got the Triple Lindy. What dive is he going to do? The Triple Lindy. Oh. All right, there you go. It's like the fourth time we've used Triple I know. Lindy. Let's do the top five. <laughs> Should we just get to the top five? Number five, you said you didn't like road tri- or, uh, Euro Trip as much as Road Trip, so Road Trip, you're right, makes the top five. Tiny salmon swimming in a stream. You know what? This movie would be better if it wasn't for Tom Green. Really? <laughs> I don't like Tom Green. No. I like Road Trip. I, I don't like Tom Green. Funny. I mean, I don't think he's funny, but I thought he was good in the movie. Uh, I don't think he's funny. He's not terrible in that movie. But he's that, not fine. That movie came out at just the right time for me where I legitimately thought I could drive a Ford Taurus and jump <laughs> it across the river. <laughs> Tiny salmon chasing that impossible. Yeah, he's not funny. I'm sorry. The rest right. of that movie is funny. And he's out. But the road trip still deserves to be top five. We agree with that. Yeah, we'll put it there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Number four, The Flaming Lips, Ego Tripping at the Gates of Hell. That's off Yoshimi Battles of Robots. Fantastic album, start to finish. Favorite, so good. Favorite album cover. They're going to be at the Wood the Bar Zoo. Oh, really? I think so. I think I would. I'm guessing that's sold out. Yes. Right. Everybody would like to get rid of some tickets for that. That seems pretty, pretty sold Taller. out. Taller. All right. Number three Stone Temple Pilots, one of the great guitar solos they ever did. <laughs> 
Tripping on a hole in a paper heart. Loved that song. That's Forgot a really good song. All about it. That's off their like next album after most of the like they've had a lot of their success. I forget what that one's called. Played a lot of that on the monkey too. I can see that. Are you a guilt trip type person? You like guilt trip. People? I don't think I am. No. Good. No, I try not to be anyway. Good. G was trying to be that person today to me. I would say. What about Triple Crown? Triple Crown? Triple Crown fan? Yeah, you got the Triple Crown in a bunch of different ways, right? Uh, number two is this. From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, we find What's the song called? Does it have a name? Marines in, right? Just a, I know it's the Marines song, but I don't, I don't know what it's called. From the halls of Montezuma, I guess. Huh? It's Marine just called Sam. the Marine's Ham. Oh, Marine there Sam. you go. As it, as it should be. Semper Fun. That would be number one, because but... Tripoli. There's a... Yeah, Tripoli. The halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. And then finally, the Beatles get number one. Sorry. Again? <laughs> yeah, the Beatles get number one a lot. They're the Beatles. What are you going to do? The Beatles. It took me so long. Foreigner. To find out. Tom Hetty. I found I Tom Hetty. All them. Yes, of course. All right, we got to go uh, make way for Bump and Stacy. The great Michael Bumpus and the adequate Stacy Rost uh, will be in next. Why are you guys agreeing with Stacy? She's going to bring some of that heat coming up in just a moment. Curtis is here as well. We'll be back Monday morning, 6 a.m. Have a great weekend. Brock will be back as well. Enjoy the great weather. And uh, until then, the hay is in the barn. See you, everybody. Get to the top